podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Salah. Escape Cancelo. Oh, it's brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Son had a goal and scored a beauty. Oh, what a strike from Yuri Tielemans. De Bruyne. And it's what... Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Kiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, Man United fan Mo. It's Game Week 23, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. My, oh my, are the games starting to come thick and fast. We don't do winter breaks here in the English Premier League. Well, certainly not like the other leagues. I know there's a, in inverted commas, winter break that they try to throw in where it's sort of one week or 10 days for the team, but uh, I'm not buying it. If you're going to do a winter break, do a proper winter break. We had midweek fixtures, we've got weekend fixtures, and I am happy to join to to I am happy to introduce one of our hopefully new permanent signings here at a tad predictable. It's the winter transfer window. We make signings just as much as the teams make signings. Last week we obviously had Aston Villa fan coming in for his second appearance for us. He's been signed permanently. Making his debut on the show, Man United fan Mo. He's hoping, obviously, this trial run leads to a contract. Mo, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Hey, Dad. Thank you so much. Super excited. We we are happy to have you. Obviously, um, we were discussing before the show, and, and I don't know if it was someone trying to wind me up, and, and I'm glad you corrected it before the show, but in the notes... Um, it says Liverpool fan Mo, and that was one of the first things you'd said to me. Is actually no, it's Man United fan Mo. So that that must have been a bit of an insult when you when you saw the run sheet and you saw Liverpool fan Mo. I think like that's the worst thing that you could do to a Man U fan. I, I wouldn't be here if you if the correction wasn't to be made. Like one of my childhood best friends, he's a Liverpool fan. So uh, like. As a United fan, I hate Liverpool, right? Um, no offense to you. I know that you're a Liverpool fan. But when your best friend from childhood is a Liverpool fan, you know, it just gets to another level. <laughs> I can certainly relate. Uh, my best friend's an Arsenal fan. Um, and we've certainly, <laughs> you almost don't speak during game weeks. And obviously, um, I speak to him almost every day, but le- we're leading up to Liverpool Arsenal this weekend. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure the messaging between the two of us is going to get quieter and quieter as it leads up to the game. But Mo, you mentioned Man United childhood friend being a Liverpool fan. So clearly you've been a Man United for a long time. How how did you get into being a Man United fan, being a football fan? Yeah, so uh, I'm basically from Lahore, Pakistan, and I am a huge, huge sports buff, uh, especially cricket and football. Um, with respect to football, I, I grew up watching Cristiano Ronaldo wreaking havoc down the left wing. And, you know, that would, that was it. Like, boom, I became a Manchester United fan right there and then. And it's been, uh, almost two decades now. Uh, t- and to be very honest, it does feel like three and four at this moment, <laughs> but hopefully, no fingers crossed. <laughs> you, you, you certainly chose, um, uh, uh, leading into a very tough, era of man united to join them so 20 years i i think you've 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 performed a, a very commendable innings there and, and hopefully as you say for your sake man united will start to turn things around i know the new owners um are, are looking to to make a stamp or at least part owners hoping to be full-time you know full full owners um we're going to get into that a bit later on in the show where we get your thoughts on on sort of a a, a mid-season state of the nation address of Man United. But we've got a couple of fixtures to get through before we get to that. And this weekend kicks off with Everton versus Tottenham. Now, Everton, 
I know they'll take the point against Fulham. It's an away game. It's a, it's a Fulham team who obviously they've they've had that disappointment of the Carabao Cup, but we're we're playing some good football of, of late. Um, I looked at that game and I thought Everton were quite un- unlucky not to get you know all three points, but their issues up front are continuing. Mo, um, how do you see them? You know, matching up to a Tottenham side who struggled initially against Brentford, but then just had that spell, sort of forty-eight to fifty-six minutes or so, where where they just kept scoring goals. Absolutely, like uh, it. It seemed like a typical Spurs game from this season, to be very honest. Like they were down and out for quite a bit, and like boom, uh, there was this burst of energy, and they just you know uh, blew Brentford away. Um, and with respect to Everton, they they really need DCL or someone uh, in the front lineup to stand up to you know start converting those chances, or it's going to get very tough down the road for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, especially when you consider they had that ten point deduction, um, they started to play well, but uh, it slowed down a bit for them, and I think majority of that is because they haven't had that talisman up front. I don't think Decore can keep scoring all season, so <laughs> the strikers are going to need to help him out and, and, and sort themselves out. But what do you think in terms of score predictions for this one? Um, this one is at Tottenham's home, right? Um, uh, at, at Everton. At Everton. Uh, my bad. Um, no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm still going to go with... Uh, a Tottenham win, uh, but maybe like two one. Tottenham win two one there for you. Yeah, look, it's 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 going to be tough for Everton. I think the the energy that Spurs bring to games. I don't know if Everton are going to be able to match it. I, I would assume Sean Dyche is going to be trying to slow the game down, make it a physical contest, try and. No offense to Everton, but try and bring Spurs down to their level and and then beat them there. Um, if 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 Tottenham can avoid that, continue to play that attacking game where they're creating lots of chances. We know the likes of Richarlison on form. He's going to be wanting to probably score against his old team. Two one is a great score. I'm going to push it a little bit to three one um, to 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 Tottenham. I was leaning three nil initially. Um, but Tottenham just seem to always concede goals. I, I don't know what's going on there. And, if you know, I know Everton are struggling in front of goal. I'm going to go with maybe a set-piece goal or something for Everton because I don't know if the strikers are going to be able to do it. Or maybe Decore comes back with, with, with something to, to to give them a bit of a bounce. But, yeah, I've, I've gone 3-1 to Everton and I think they... I mean, to, to Tottenham, and I think they're going to be happy with that. Let's move on to Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Obviously, Brighton had a bit of a shock uh, last time out. The, the 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 emphatic loss to to Luton definitely wasn't one that many people would have predicted a four nil loss to Luton. I I had predicted that Brighton were going to struggle in that game because of the pitch and how how much Brighton liked to move teams around. When you got such a narrow pitch, it's a bit harder to do that. But I think the the big thing for me from that game is. Do you think maybe, maybe, or maybe I'm just uh, projecting here, but we know Deserbi is one of those that are in line to potentially replace Jurgen Klopp. Do you think maybe that got to him and maybe that got to the, the, the players? Um, I, I guess from a psychological standpoint, it will be interesting long term. Have the players maybe down tools knowing, oh, this manager might be leaving us soon? I, I would hope not. And I'd assume they're being professional, but these thoughts starts to creep in when you're losing 4-0 to a, a promoted side. And then from a Crystal Palace side, Mo, we finally got to see Eze and Alessi on the pitch at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you kept a, a particular Thank eye. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you kept a particular eye on one of them, Alessi, because Man United have been linked to him uh, in the transfer window. Yeah. And I, I really am a fan of Alessi, but you know, um, um, this might not go down with go down well with some of the United fans, but you know I'm more on the Jared Bowen board rather than Olise. Um, mm. I feel like he's been doing it in the Premier League for uh, more than a year now. Uh, but uh, coming back to the game, uh, Brighton and Crystal Palace. Uh, I think Crystal Palace looked solid. Uh, they they have been solid. They are more or less always solid. 
where they do not really concede more than a couple of goals. That's like the maximum that they go. And um, they're just coming back from a victory that in which they did go behind a couple of times, actually, um, but showed grit to come back. Um, and talking about Brighton, uh, the, the, it was definitely a standout game of the week uh, for different reasons. When you mentioned like, you know, the Derby and uh, being in the spotlight uh, to p- replace Klopp, uh, as well as 4-0 uh, to a newly promoted side um, really does sound bad for Zerbi. Uh, did not really help his case uh, pushing for a Klopp replacement. Um, but I am going to go with uh, a 1-0 Crystal Palace win for this one. 1-0 Crystal Palace. Um, for, for me, uh, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this game because obviously it's at Brighton, so they've got no excuses when it comes to the pitch and, and, and being allowed to play the football <laughs> they want to play. But... Palace look like they have something with those two boys. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, obviously you, you get um, Olesi assisting Eze in there, um, Olesi getting on the score sheet himself. That's where the magic is for, for Crystal Palace. And the longer they can keep them fit, I think it's going to bode well for them. But I'm going to go with a 2-1 Brighton win because I, I feel they're almost obligated to respond to, to that Luton performance. The players have to go there and and basically give a performance to either apologize to the fans or to show they're backing their manager. Because if they go get, you know, beat by Crystal Palace as well, those questions that I asked a bit earlier do start to creep their ugly head of have the players stopped playing for him. Um, obviously, it's still early. You know, it's one game into this, this Klopp announcement uh, from a Premier League perspective. So... I don't know if, if the players can turn that quickly on Deserbi or if he said anything to them with that regard. And even, you know, it, it would be silly for him to say anything to that regard because what if you don't, don't then don't get the job? Then you've got a whole dressing room that's, that's annoyed at you. So hopefully that's not the case for Brighton. Um, they've got European football to worry about as well. They'll want to be pushing in that area. We will see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they, for their sake, it's, 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 it's a come good performance. They, they get the win there, but obviously you've gone Crystal Palace 1-0. I've, I've got no issue with that prediction as well. Palace are looking good. Defensively, they've been quite solid, uh, this season with the likes of Anderson lead, leading that defensive, um, line that they have there. Let's move on to Burnley versus Fulham. Obviously for Burnley, Facing Man City, would you agree it's it's damage control there, trying to keep the scoreline as low as possible? And then Fulham, we spoke about a bit earlier. They've had that Carabao Cup semi-final loss. I think the nil-nil draw is kind of understandable, but they need to yeah. stop picking themselves up now. They they need to make sure that they're continuing to 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 stretch that distance between them and the bottom of the Premier League table. They're on twenty-five points. I think they're very very comfortable at the moment, but. They've only got one win in their last five games. Yeah, uh, and you know uh, that Carabao Cup semi-final definitely is hurting. But like you mentioned, uh, it's not a disastrous result coming back from a defeat in the semi-final. And but and they do like they do look pretty uh, in the table at this moment. But um, they do need to pick up their form uh, and you know start getting some wins under their belt. And uh, about that burn. And City game, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, one of those games that 10 out of 10 people would get the prediction right, right? <laughs> um, of course. Uh, and I, I am hoping for a strong comeback from Burnley because, you know, uh, even though it was a game that they knew that they were bound to lose, um, they, they did get battered and they would want to make a strong comeback from that. Uh, same goes for Fulham, who have been lacking a victory uh, in the last five games. Uh, actually, have uh, just one victory in the last five games. Um, uh, I am going to go with a uh, 2-2 uh, here. 2-2 two, two draw. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Burnley defensively. Um, I know they like to play, you know, out the back and, and company, obviously, coming from the school of, of Pep Guardiola. I don't know if he... Strictly counts from under the Pep Guardiola tree because I, I don't know how much, um, coaching mentorship Guardiola has had, um, on company, but he certainly played for him for a long time. So there, there is that. And, and company, as we said, he likes to play, uh, with, with the ball on the ground. But we saw Fulham do quite well against Liverpool and, and cause them issues. Certainly, you know, yeah. in, 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 in the, the game they played earlier in the season, um, 
I'm I'm worried for Burnley in the sake that if Spurs can cause a team like Liverpool, I mean, if Fulham can cause a team like Liverpool some issues, you know, be able to press them at times, be able to get them on the counter-attack, I think they can cause a Burnley side equally, you know, more damage from from that. They know that playing style. They've played Liverpool twice in recent succession. So they've played a team that likes yeah. to have the ball, likes to play from the back. Um, and, and they've sort of figured out a game plan there. And obviously Burnley don't necessarily have the players Liverpool have. I'm going to go 1-0 to Fulham. I think Fulham edged this one. I think they soak up the pressure from Burnley. Obviously Burnley being the home team will have emphasis to go forward but I have, I have a sneaky feeling Fulham are going to be able to handle them and it, it's sort of a, a, a come a come right game for them against the Burnley side that's not necessarily in form either let's move on to Newcastle versus Luton we obviously saw Newcastle with that uh, impressive performance certainly from a clinical standpoint against Aston Villa um, this past week and then they face that Luton side that we've mentioned. It's not going to be a home game for Luton, unfortunately. Uh, but they'll be hoping to to continue the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think like both teams are coming off a good result, uh, more than a good result actually. Uh, for Luton, it's probably their standout result uh, so far in the season. Uh, and for Newcastle, uh, they've been struggling for a while now, and finally they, you know. Uh, I won't say like they really dominated the game against Villa, but uh, they did like, you know, uh, show up when it mattered the most. Uh, they were able to make most of the chances and show enough grit to, you know, um, get home the three points. Um, uh, it's it, it's going to be difficult for Luton at Newcastle, uh, especially with uh, good confidence uh, that they have from the last game. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Newcastle win here. 2-0 to Newcastle and, and that will certainly help them sort of build that momentum and start to climb the league table like they would have wanted to. They've, they've not been great since probably about like November um, and, yeah. and maybe that's to do with having European football, not necessarily having the, the strength and depth that they would necessarily want or need to be competing in, in, in all fronts. But they're sitting in an okay position, 7th considering how bad they've been for the best part of two, three months, to be in seventh, sort of three points away from sixth place, which likely gets you a European spot uh, this season in the Premier League, I, I think they're okay. They, they'll start to target the likes of Aston Villa, but Villa are about 11 points ahead of them, so they, they've got a bit of work to do to get there, but they need to win this one to to start getting in that right direction. Yeah, I've gone 2-0 as well in the scoreline. I, I think... Newcastle take care of Luton and as we say continue to try and climb up that league table let's move on to Sheffield United and Aston Villa obviously Villa the team that Newcastle put away this past week Mo I've, I've been impressed with Sheffield United in that I think their performances are fine when, whenever I watch their games I'm like this is good enough not to be relegated however Come the end of the game, they're always on the wrong end of the scoreline. I mean, obviously, they had that late penalty against West Ham, which helped them get the draw. But even the 2-0 the loss to, to, to Man City, I mean, many teams will be expected to get battered, similar to what Burnley got against Man City. But 2-0 is respectable. They had that um, 3-0 loss to Luton at home, which I think that game could have gone either way. The 1-1 against Aston Villa, I thought they, they played really well and it was at a time when Aston Villa were playing well as well. They were, you know, battling for, for being on top of the Premier League table at the time. So that was a fantastic uh, point there. And then obviously we see the Crystal Palace game um, last night. 3-2, they were ahead um, twice in that game and then obviously got clawed back. So to me, they're playing well enough to be getting a, a lot more results than than they have been getting but then the premier league is in kind mode they, they they're playing well they're not getting results they're bottom of the log and then you have to go face an aston villa side that have to respond from that newcastle performance yeah uh, i agree with like uh, most of the things that you said uh, sheffield like the games 
uh, they, they haven't been that bad. They, they, they show great. They stay in the game for most of the games as well. But, you know, um, they, they're just lacking that, you know, rub of the green. They, they've actually looked quite good in some parts of the game as well since, uh, Wilder has come in. Um, but like you said, uh, it's a brutal league. And, um, once again, I feel like the number of goals that they have scored, uh, I think it's the lowest in the league right now and you know um, that goes obviously uh, hand in hand with their position as well um, they really need to start taking their chances the little ones that they do create and and only then you can you know miraculously hope for something but um, maybe I know it's a bit early but I think Sheffield uh, will struggle to stay in the league uh, this season yeah that, that that's, a, that's fair they're, they're sitting on 10 points at the moment um, Luton are in on nineteen points, who sit just above the relegation zone. So there's certainly quite a bit of work for Sheffield United to do on the back end of the season if they, if they do want to stay in the Premier League for next season. In terms of score predictions, um, I'm going to go three nil to Aston Villa. I know I I just spent about a, a good minute or two praising Sheffield United and their performances, and and then I've gone and given them a three nil loss. But as I said, the league is harsh. Um, I think it'll be another good performance from Sheffield United where, as you've highlighted, their issues in front of goal maybe do yeah. rear their head. I, I mean, Brennan Diaz has come in and, and scored on most of the games that he's played this season. He looks to be a spark. I just think that high line of Aston Villa, I don't know if Sheffield United will have the pace to to get in behind Um I think they preferred playing a team with a slightly deeper line. Um, I, I just think Aston Villa will have a game plan that, that suits them in this one. And that's why I've gone with may, maybe a harsh scoreline. We'll, we'll see. Let, let's see what you have to say on that one. Um, uh, I think uh, I, I agree with one half of it. I think Aston Villa will score three, uh, maybe even four, if they have a very, very good game. Uh, but I'll be going with three for Aston Villa. And I know I, I just mentioned the struggles that Sheffield have had in front of the goal, but I am going to give them a goal. Uh, I, like, uh, I've seen that in the last four or five games, apart from the game against City, they, they have been able to, you know, sneak one goal in, uh, one way or another. So I'm going to go with, uh, 3-1 Villa win. Yep. That, that makes sense. Um, and I'm sure Brennan Diaz will, will, will look out for me if, if he scores <laughs> and point me out for, for, for doubting them, uh, to score a go. And, uh, Mo, let's just go to a quick break. Um, and, and then we'll obviously go on to that Man United State of the Nation address, as we've mentioned. We'll be right back with our guest after this short break. All right. We are back. We're still with Mo. Um, Mo, we mentioned. Obviously, the, the the definitely not Liverpool fan that you are, but the, rather the Man United fan that you are. Man United have had a busy, I guess, this started last year with with, with the, the the rumors of certainly a a, a a takeover bid coming from the Middle East. It, it's it's come a lot closer to home now with um with Sir Radcliffe being you know and Ineos coming in and and. And looking to take over at Man United, he's got a small stake uh, in Man United. He's hoping, obviously, to to try and increase that and eventually take over completely. But what are your thoughts on um, Man United as a club at the moment? Maybe if you want to touch on the the transfer window that's about to end. Obviously, it's deadline day today. Um, yeah, but yeah, so so Jim. Sir James Ratcliffe has come in. Ineos have come in. They're, they're trying to get full ownership of Man United. We know that's the end game for them. They, they look to be saying all the right things at the moment, certainly from, from the outside looking in. But, but what's your perspective as, as a Man United fan? Um, like that's, that's been the problem with United, right? And they've been saying the right things for quite some time, the players as well as the managers, uh, but it doesn't happen. And uh, I know United fans, some of the United fans might not like this, but at this moment, the picture that we have in front of us and the road that we have taken for the last um, decade or so, at least, uh, it does not look good at all. And I, I have like... Uh, 
very little hopes for this season. Uh, anywhere in Europe, I think that would be a miracle for us. Um, this transfer window was like there was actually no activity, but that all of the except that uh, the Turkish goalkeeper that we signed, uh, who actually looks good, uh, he looked very good uh, in the FA Cup game. Um, but that being said, the changeover that is taking place. That does give me some hope. Uh, and I don't know, I guess that comes with being a football fan. You know, the minute little change gives you so much hope. Like, you know, you just go like Rio Ferdi, we're back, baby. Uh, I'm not going down that road, uh, at this moment, but, uh, I do feel like, uh, Sir James Radcliffe as a guy who knows what he's doing, uh, who's done it, uh, at the highest level in different sports in different countries and I believe uh, he could be the one that could start taking the club in the right direction um, it, it won't be an easy or short road uh, it will take quite a few years but I, I feel finally there is a change that the United fans have been crying out for for years now uh, especially the last decade and the 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 very small and the little optimist in me is is starting to you know um it's starting to have his voice again yeah and I, I think that that's the thing right um as a fan any you're trying to hold on to 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 anything that that can give you sort of a a light to to see a pathway to getting back to um the Man United that you guys know and love and, and probably grew up with. Um, but, you know, the, the thing for me is it has to start with getting a director of football in place because Absolutely. one thing Man United are good at is the business side of things. There's no doubt Man United, you look at the revenues that they bring in, one of the biggest clubs in the in the, in the world Arguably the biggest club in the Premier League. I'm sure, you know, Liverpool will try and, 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 and argue it's them, but Man United are certainly in that conversation. If not at the top of the table, when it comes to, you know, the stature and size of, of the football club, you look at the revenue they're bringing in. You look at, for me, you look at the signings that they make money wise. Man United aren't afraid to spend money. And, and I always get annoyed with the likes of Gary Neville that try and, you know, pretend like Man United don't spend a lot of money. I mean, look at the money they spent on Anthony. That yeah. money could have been spent on better players. I mean, you can't blame the owner for not backing a manager that's just spent 90 million on a footballer. You know what I mean? It, okay, you spent 90 million on Anthony. You spent, uh, I want to say, between 60 to 70 million on, on Jaden Sancho. These are two players to fix the same position and the position is still not being resolved. We're still, you know, we're now being linked with the likes of Alessi or, or Jared Bone. If, if it's your sake, Jared Bone coming in to fix that problem. How much more is that going to cost? So I think the, yeah. the, the big issue is get a sporting director in, get, you know, the, the recruitment team sorted out, ironed out. If you need to, you know, bring in a, a data analyst team, bring them in. I know that's the trend for most clubs um, in the Premier League. I don't know if Man United um, rely on theirs as heavily as some of the other clubs. We, we, we know Brighton and Brentford, for example, are, are very he heavily data-based. Liverpool, very heavily data-based, but obviously um, they've lost some of the the, the best in, to do it in, in the Premier League era in Michael Edwards and Dr. Ian Graham. So we'll see how Liverpool continue from that side of things. But I just think Man United, with the financial power that they do have, if they were smarter with signings, I think they're a club that could fix things a lot quicker than other clubs. If 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 you don't have the financial power that Man United has, I can understand, let's say, for example, a, a, a Newcastle who, obviously, their owners are, are wealthy, but with the financial restrictions that are in place in football, they can't just pump money in because they necessarily aren't bringing that level of money from a revenue perspective. Man United are bringing that money in from a revenue perspective, so could pump money in and have pumped money in. 
I question signings like Casemiro and Varane. Yes, from a you know fr- from a profile type of thing of a player, Casemiro is a great player. But if I'm if I was a Man United fan, I'll be thinking I don't want to sign a Casemiro in this team. Casemiro is the signing that you make as the last piece in you know a team that's going for championships. You don't sign Casemiro in his thirties at the tail end of his Real Madrid career when you're trying to rebuild a team because he he's not going to be a player that's coming to rebuild a team. He's a player that's coming to to add that extra level, you know, in 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 a team as a finishing piece. So I just think Man United the flashy signings need to disappear. Um, they need to go and actually identify players that help their team rather than help their their bank balance. You know, it, it almost seems like they're making signings to sell shirts. They necessarily make signings to improve things on the football pitch. And we've seen teams like Man City make signings that do both, <laughs> that are flashy and help them on the football pitch. So from Man United, and probably that's why Man United have gone and, 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 and nabbed Man City CEO and, and and hoping to to sort things out from that perspective, but yeah, as, as a Liverpool fan, um, obviously I don't know if Man United fans will want to listen to me uh, talk about Man United. But from the outside looking in, I'm I'm happy that Man United have been in disarray for so long. But it does seem like certainly with the new owners coming in, they're talking about how they want to you know sort out the recruitment. They've brought in the Man City CEO. They've they've been flirting with the idea of the sporting director, which again, as you've been saying, Man United have been talking about that for for years about bringing in a sporting director. Um, we're waiting to see if they actually do what they they've been talking about. But yeah, the, what what do you think of of my my assessment of Man United? Obviously, I I say this as, as a Liverpool fan, I understand it. it doesn't land as, as as well as as maybe if it comes from a Man United fan. Uh, it's actually pretty apt, you know, uh, because money is not a problem for this football club. Uh, we are still one of the biggest. Uh, we actually in twenty twenty three we were in the top five in terms of generating revenue. So that has never been a problem, and it's it's completely like that. Uh, we we try to. Um, it's either to sell shirts. The signings that we make, or it's either to fix a long-term problem uh, with the short-term fix. That's not how football works anymore. Uh, Casemiro, Sancho, Anthony, Alexis Sanchez, Ibrahimovic, Cavani. I can go on and on and on. Di Maria. All these signings, like they they added actually nothing to the cause of bringing United back to where they belong. Big um, and. The sole reason of all of this happening is because we do not have the right people in the right places anymore. Um, uh, when Ferguson was there, um, he was the only one we needed. Um, that worked out perfectly for us. But once he left, we needed the right people in the right places and we still haven't had those. Uh, so that is why I, I feel uh, slightly optimist about the fact that we do have um, Sir Jamie Radcliffe taking over the football operations. Uh, he is someone who knows how to do business, how to get the job done. So maybe we'll start moving in the right direction, uh, but it's not going to be a short-term fix. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time. Uh, we need to uh, have a proper you know, recruitment uh, strategy, recruitment department. Uh, we need to have proper facilities. I, as a Liverpool fan, I know you might not agree with that, uh, but you know, Ronaldo did put it out. Uh, what the facilities are like, like these are the kind of things that a football club should be focusing on, rather than than what we have been on. Uh, so uh, I really hope, like, we'll start taking a step in the right direction. Uh, it's not happening overnight, but as long as, uh, once again, the appointment of the new CEO uh, that does give us some light. Uh, but. Once again, we'll have to see uh, if we start making all the right choices uh, step by step. They do not have to be a huge choices and they do not have to bring, you know, immediate results. But as long as we're moving in the right direction, um, that works for me. And if I were to sum it up, uh, the, you know, we're meant just United as a football club is right now that we talked about the football club for almost 10 to 15 minutes 
or maybe or right, 10 minutes 8 to 10 minutes and not once we talked about the football that they play <laughs> and that just sad yeah no I, i think you've summed it up perfectly and 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 an identity if man united can get an identity from from top to bottom from off the pitch to on the pitch to driving in the same direction i i think that will certainly be a scary thought for the rest of the league because as we said they're a sleeping giant if if they sort things out they're going to be competing for trophies that's just the nature of the beast but let's move on to the rest of the fixtures um you know we we're going to get to man united and we we are going to talk about man united football um uh, when when we discuss man united west ham but we've got bournemouth nottingham forest on on the list before that obviously bournemouth a, a couple of weeks ago they were the informed team and they were top of the form table in the premier league um they will be playing nottingham forest now I, you know uh, bournemouth are one of those teams where they play tonight obviously at time of recording we're recording it before their game so we don't have that insight in but we've got insight into nottingham forest to who had that 2-1 loss to to Arsenal. Look, I think the, the late goal for them maybe then flatters the scoreline a bit to 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 seem like it was close, but I I thought Arsenal was sort of banging on the door for a lot of that game and and seemed to be the ones that were going to go and take it. If anything, Nottingham Forest's goal just irritated me because it it meant I lost my clean sheet um on fantasy league because I had Raya and Saliba in my team. Yeah, uh, that that happened for me as well with Julian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I I think like um, for this game against Not- Nottingham, they're they're actually coming off a good performance as well. Uh, you know, Arsenal did have a lot of the ball, like, but they couldn't get like you know too many shots on target. And uh, Nottingham were in the game for a lot of the game. Um, maybe like not for the full of the game, but at least. two halves of the game um, so uh, i think it was an okay performance for uh, nottingham forest they were able to keep arsenal actually quiet for one first half uh, of the game um, but i think burnmouth will prove a little too strong for nottingham like uh, they have been and the uh, they have been the informed team in the league for some time and they i know they have had a couple of losses on the trot but they have been against you know some really good sides uh, it's arsenal and spurs so uh, i feel like burnmouth will get back to winning ways uh, against nottingham with uh, i'm going to go with a 2-1 2-1-2 burnmouth there and obviously um burnmouth will be hoping that that will be off the back of having a win tonight as as we said they they, they play tonight so we're not sure how that game fares yeah for me i've got 2-1 as well i know for nottingham forest the big thing for them will be a one e is back and he seems to always produce for them whenever he's been asked to produce but it's just he keeps getting injured um but it seems like they play well whenever he's there and obviously he comes on he gets the goal uh, so they'll be hoping that um he's able to stay fit for the rest of the season and i think that would help them out they're going to be one of the teams as well nottingham forest that probably going to be um doing some business on deadline day i know there's not a lot of transfer um news and, and and transfer activity that has happened in the premier league this season you mentioned for example with man united it's it's been very quiet nottingham forest both in and out seem to be doing quite a bit of business so obviously ones to keep out on for the rest of the day let's move on to chelsea versus wolves chelsea obviously last night they had a tough outing against liverpool i mean As a Liverpool fan, I thought we dominated that game, but I also thought Chelsea should have gotten at least two penalties in that game. Um so yeah, I think they have a case to 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 be a bit annoyed with how the VAR decisions went for them that, in that game, especially because we've seen the inconsistencies with refs uh not just this season for a while now. They could have easily, you know, those decisions could have easily gone Chelsea's way. They just didn't. But again, as i said i still think liverpool were the dominant team in that one and it it's going to be something that poch needs to figure out certainly in front of goal in my opinion um they they haven't quite figured that side of things yet the midfield didn't play too well last night 
but at least they're starting to play a lot together. So maybe that consistency is going to come in. Defense, again, I think they haven't been consistent. So yeah, <laughs> there's a lot for Poch to fix, I guess, when it comes to Chelsea. And then from a Wolves perspective, I think they've been a fun team uh, this season. Obviously, you guys play them tonight. So we'll see how that goes. But I do think that Wolves will look at this game and say, we've got a chance here. Chelsea aren't necessarily playing all too well. They can be got. Um, it's been shown. Obviously, they've, they've had a couple of wins uh, recently, but you look at the teams they've beaten. That was Crystal Palace pre-Olisi coming back. They had the win against Luton. I guess that's that. That's an impressive win now when we consider it was at Luton. Um, and then they had the the 1-0 win against Fulham when maybe Fulham were concentrating on Carabao Cup. So, Yes, they've had some wins, but I'm not convinced with Chelsea at the moment. I I think Wolves go and beat them. Um, we saw Wolves beat them two one in in December. I think Wolves go and beat them two one again here. That's that's a big call. Uh, I don't think you're too far off. They they do have a lot of troubles. Uh, I know they actually had a tough game last night against Liverpool and Ward, as I texted my Liverpool friend. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, but actually, I did predict the result of the game before the game four-one uh, to Liverpool, and you know that's how it actually panned out. Um, they, they are struggling. They, they're struggling big time. They they did get a couple of good results in between, uh, a few good results in between actually, but uh, I don't see them like um, making big waves in the league till the end of the season. Uh, it's just about Poch figuring out who he needs where and what he needs where uh, he he still not figured his you know first 11 out and um that's never a good sign for any premier league side or for any football side actually uh, but uh, i'm going to go with a uh, 1-1 draw here i think they they might be able to grind a draw out yeah and, and certainly I've, I've been quite bullish there with with my wolves um prediction it's at um you know, Stamford Bridge, so Chelsea will be certainly hoping not to lose that one. Let's move on to your team, Man United. They will be hosting West Ham. Obviously, it's maybe the, the David Moyes derby. Moyes hasn't done too well against Man United, so I'm, I'm not expecting them to, 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 pull, to, to pull any trees in this one. You mentioned Bowen. Could this be an addition for him? Do you think he could cause Man United problems? How, how do you see this game going? Uh, 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 like before we move on to the West Ham, the Manchester United are actually playing tonight against Wolves as well. Uh, that's of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, I don't see that going very well either. Uh, Wolves have been playing really well this season and to be very honest, I, I just don't know what to expect from United. Uh, we, we went to Newport, uh, I don't know how many leagues, uh, a couple of leagues down. And we actually scored 4-2 uh, and we actually won the game 4-2 and the scoreline says, you know, uh, that was a comfortable win. But if you actually did see the game, uh, Newport, you know, had us in trouble for most of the game. So, uh, I, I am not very confident. The only thing that does give me confidence is the fact that uh, we are at Old Trafford, but, you know, even that hasn't been that great this season. Um uh, I am going to go with a 2-2 draw for this one. We might see some goals though. That, I, I guess for neutrals, that would, that would be uh, a fun game to tune into. Um, now this one, Mo, the, 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 this Man United game, it's obviously on, I guess they would call it Super Sunday here in, in the UK. It's on Sky Sports, but we know in the UK, not all the games are going to be shown. I mentioned, you know, the, the first two games, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea, Wolves, those games are not on TV here. In in Pakistan, Mo, do you guys get all all the Premier League games or, or, or some of them not on TV? Uh, actually, we really get games on TV, uh, especially on our local channels here. Uh, we actually get uh, one game or one, one or two games at max on TV. But even if there's uh, some cricket on because... Uh, you might have some idea or you might not. Uh, Pakistan is a cricket-crazy country. So if there's any sort of cricket on, uh, you can say goodbye to any football games. But 
thankfully thankfully uh, i'm not uh, plugging this in i i'm just a user of the application but there's an application tap mag which allows us to watch each and every football game uh in hd whenever we want so um that is the only survivor that is the only thing that has uh you know come to the rescue of the football fans in pakistan but we we have been crying out for football on tv um we haven't got that so far yeah um that that is a tough beat not being able to 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 watch the games or or even when you do get to watch the games it might not be your team that is the one that's yeah. on tv so we share similarities here in the uk in that sense and the solution we've got on this podcast is liberty shield which is a vpn service it's really easy to install obviously this podcast is presented by eprindex.com in association with liberty shield um, as I said, really easy to install and it has a whole host of features. Uh, it can be used on multiple devices, whether you're traveling and don't want to get locked out of your bank account or you want that safe um, or, or you want to be safe whilst you're using public Wi-Fi, which is a big thing at the moment. If you want to unlock geo-locked content or you just want to protect your online data, Liberty Shield is definitely for you. Definitely my favorite use of Liberty Shield is simply just unlocking content. Um, that's putting myself in different places in the world to unlock content that wouldn't be available to me otherwise here in the UK. Uh, you can use it for stuff like Netflix shows or unlocking geo-locked films. Um, I know, for example, Netflix, they geo-lock their, their catalogs. So if there is something on Netflix that isn't available in the UK, I'm able to switch using Liberty Shield to maybe the US and, and be able to watch that US content we know not all Premier League games are shown on TV here in the UK and obviously in Pakistan as well, um, then Liberty Shield is a great way to be able to guarantee that you're going to be able to watch every single game. I never have an issue of whether or not the games are on TV. Liberty Shield is hooked up to all of my devices at home um, or if I'm on the go and then I just you know switch to the relevant place that I need to be switch the game on, be able to watch everything. It makes life so much easier. And obviously fans of this show will know I'm a huge American football fan. It makes it easy to be able to watch all of the football games. I'll certainly be watching the Super Bowl coming up soon. But yeah, in, in terms of score predictions for for this one, Mo, it, it's the only thing that um, I, I could see how from a game plan perspective, West Ham playing on the counter-attack could work quite well and obviously they'll need to be clinical to to be able to execute that but I just think this is a game that Man United will win I've gone 2-1 Man United um, I'm expecting a big performance from Bruno Fernandes in this one let's move on to what are maybe many people will be saying is game of the weekend certainly from a Premier League standpoint and um, they will be packaging it as game of the weekend it's probably the most important game we've had so far this season when you consider where these teams are on the league table Liverpool currently sit in first place Arsenal sit in third place trying to chase them down people have been arguing that these are the two teams that could probably push Man City um, if 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 there are to be any teams that do push Man City Spurs are lurking there as well Aston Villa have been there as well I, I don't think we can discount Spurs, in my opinion. I think Aston Villa will see if they have the squad depth going forward um, to, to be able to continue this great form that they've had. But again, as things stand, you can't count them out. But certainly Liverpool and Arsenal seem to be getting a lot of the attention. Mo, how do you see this game going? Um, I, I think it's going to be a fun, fun watch. Uh, um, it, it's, it is a real test of Arsenal as well because for me personally, I still believe, uh, the only real contenders that Manchester United have for the title, uh, it's Liverpool. Uh, but Arsenal fans, you know, uh, they choose to believe otherwise. And, you know, <laughs> this is the game for them to prove that, prove me wrong, basically. Like, you know, they are the real contenders. It's basically like, um, the game that says like we are the real contenders so uh i i am expecting a big performance from arsenal uh i think they'll, they'll be really geared up uh you know given how arteta uh works uh with his players so he's very passionate about the game as well he's really involved as well uh, i think it'll be a great watch um and 
and honestly i actually thought uh, not having mo salah uh, might not work might not go very well for liverpool but obviously they have proved me wrong in the last few games and the way they are playing and with the added you know emotional touch of klopp leaving at the end of the season i think uh you know uh the gang who heavy metal football is back for the rest of the season and uh i think liverpool will be able to uh get a win here at emirates interesting stuff score prediction um it is, score prediction is a tough one uh, maybe 3 to liverpool wow what what a game they're, that would be yeah absolutely look from from my perspective i'll take that 3 to um I've I've gone to <laughs> I've I've gone 2-1 to Liverpool. Um for me Liverpool are starting to show a level of control in games that I hadn't seen for quite a while since that time when they did go and win the Premier League um and and have pushed City close in 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 multiple seasons where they look comfortable with the ball passing it around the back then playing it out wide bringing it back into the middle of the park there's just a level of control that liverpool seem to have at the moment it will be interesting away to arsenal at the emirates whether arsenal will allow them to have that similar level of control if they do i think it's going to be a long day for arsenal um i think allison is playing at 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 allison levels i think van dijk is getting back to what van dijk was obviously he had that massive knee injury it's taken a while for him to get back i think konate has been phenomenal this season those three i think are going to be pivotal for liverpool keeping arsenal at bay long enough for darwin nunes to have 20 shots on target and finally bubble one in um he, it's incredible he 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 got 11 shots mo in the game against chelsea hit the post i think three or four times he tied the record for most shots by a player in a premier league game the other two players that had that Harry Kane who went on to score four goals in that game and Aguero who went on to score three goals in the, in that game when they had 11 shots obviously Darwin Nunes didn't score in that game so i think for me he's going to need to put his shooting boots on um it's going to be pivotal for them to have him firing cuz in big games like this i don't know if you're going to get a lot of chances so you have to capitalize you have to go and 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 score goals um yeah that that's going to be uh, a, the the tail of the tape for me obviously jota is he going to take that firmino role where firmino always scored against arsenal jota seems to be creeping up in that perspective as well starting to to score a lot of goals against arsenal so we'll find out from that perspective but yeah i I think the level of control Liverpool have been showing in recent games will be enough in this one. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I know Arsenal fans are going to push back, as you said. They're they're yeah. they're, they're quite um, confident in the team and the performances they've had. Me personally, I've I've not yet been too convinced by Arsenal this season. Um, we know the issues that they have had up front and scoring goals. Obviously set pieces has been huge for them. They've got the most in the Premier League when it comes to scoring goals and you know set pieces, but I just think that Liverpool and Man City's attack is slightly better um than Arsenal's. I'd probably say Spurs are creating more chances than Arsenal at the moment. Um I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe it's the Liverpool rose-tinted glasses, but I have a feeling Liverpool make a statement in this one and sort of try and make it a two-horse race for for the league with Man City as we've seen in past seasons. That's probably the way I see it as well. Uh you know, I I do know that Arsenal have some amazing games in between, but overall uh, I think they uh, you know it showed at the end of the last season as well they do lack the composure and they do lack you know um, that metal that you need to get over the line and bigger situations and you know um, pressure situations and that is where i think they they fell off last year and um, this year i actually expected them to you know start different i expected them to do better uh, to show a little bit more metal but you know uh, like you said uh, i'm not 
extremely convinced either that they have it in them to push the like of Man City till then. So, uh, and I think this game might be the one that, you know, uh, uh, highlights that for the rest of the season. And obviously, the, the the pressures of they're trying to catch Liverpool. Well, if they don't win this game, we will obviously have seen the the Tottenham Everton game. It's possible that Tottenham could catch up with Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal have a far better goal difference, but they would be level on points. Uh, you know, if, if if Spurs or if Villa as well, if Villa win against Sheffield United, all three of those teams would be on forty six points. Um, it, it will start to get certainly interesting when we get to the business end. But let's move on to the last game of the game week. It's on Monday night, Brentford versus Man City. Brentford, they was looking good against um, Spurs. And then they, there was that flurry from Spurs where bang, 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 they they, they get their goals. Um, obviously, they were probably feeling wound up after Mope did Madison's celebration. I, I, look, if you're the away team, I don't know if it's necessarily smart to be mocking the other team so early into a game. I would have waited. If if I'm going to score maybe in the 88th minute, maybe I'll do that celebration. But don't give them basically the best part of at least a second half to, to go and respond, to, to, to go into the dressing room, talk about you and come out firing. And, and Spurs certainly did that. Um, Ange made some changes. The team looked better. They, they, they went forward. They were aggressive. Um, for Brentford's sake, I thought clawed their way back into the game again. Obviously got that goal to make a 3-2, but couldn't, you know, they had chances to, to tie the game, but couldn't get it over the line there. Um, from a Man City perspective, obviously this is their part of the season. This is when Man City become Man City and sort of that freight train, as I like to call them, just starts motoring and there's nothing that anyone can do. Um, can Brentford do something about that? Um, uh, I think Brentford might be able to put up a fight. Uh, they might be able to show some, you know, um, show some resilience in the game. But Manchester City with De Bruyne and Haaland both back, uh, I I see no way that uh, there's no way they're not walking away with three points. Um, there's no way it's happening. Um, uh, I feel sorry for Brentford fans, but you know it's Manchester City's half of the season now. Uh, they are looking ominous, and personally, I I feel like uh, those 20 minutes that De Bruyne put in uh, at Newcastle, that was basically Manchester City, and I'm saying like you know it's our time now, and they they have just kept on going from there. And it, it'll be the same. Uh, I'll go with a uh, 3-0 City win here. 3-0 to Man City. I, I'm, I've gone 2-1. And my reasoning is that Brentford's, since they've come into the Premier League, they've been quite hard to beat. Certainly at home. We saw, you know, they, they announced themselves with that game against Arsenal that sort of shocked the league. And, and since then... They've been causing problems for the bigger teams. I, I think they're going to try and make this game really physical, try and be compact defensively. You mentioned De Bruyne and Haaland being back. I don't know if both or either of them are going to play the full 90, which probably helps Brentford out a little bit in that game. But I, I'm, yeah, I just have a feeling uh, Brentford will try and make it close. But as you say, Man, Man City are Man City at this point of the season. They... They're just too strong, man. I, I can see them getting this win, continuing to put the pressure on Liverpool, hoping to see them crack. Um, yeah. And De Bruyne is looking like De Bruyne. You, you wouldn't know the guy's injured except for the fact that he, or was injured, except for the fact that he's not playing 90 minutes at the moment. But when he is playing, when he's on the pitch, he's, he's causing, causing issues for teams. Clever free kick. Um, yesterday uh, and then as you said Haaland is now back if you're Brentford you, you, you're feeling very unlucky we're the team that Haaland's probably going to get his start against and he's going to be hungry to, to to get goals but Mo that is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable do you have anything you want to plug put over or promote before we wrap up uh, no, uh, I actually do not have anything to plug or promote. Uh, I am just glad to be here and I am more than happy to be involved when it's about football and, you know, that's uh, more or less it for me. 
awesome stuff. Thank you, Mo. Uh, from my end, guys, go and check out all of the content on the EPL Index website. There are match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news that you guys could wish for. Obviously, during the transfer window season, go and look at the website. Everything is covered when it comes to English Premier League football. Of course, there's the daily podcast show, the Two-Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick, where he discusses the hottest topics in football. Finally, also check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewing of the Premier League. Obviously, we preview. They then review. It, it's usually recorded on Sundays. I believe I'm going to be on, on there as one of the panelists this week. Um, so definitely go and check that out. Go and follow this show on the Twitter page at a tad predictable. Go and follow at EPL Index, obviously. The, the the website formerly known as Twitter. Um, subscribe to EPR Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars, write positive comments. That good stuff really does help us out. I've been Teddy Ochenikira. You can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at the handle at Tad Predicts. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA and Jody McKenna's. She's at Spursy141 for our guest intros. Our producer behind the glass. Mr. Guy Drinkle, he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's been Mo. He's at Bat, um, Banter FC. That's Banter, B-A-N-T-E-R, another R-F-C on Twitter. And remember, Chisingapere, Chinoshura. Podcast Network.